feeling ungrounded and depressed. So you decide to eat a tub of ice cream in your underwear, watching Forrest Gump. That's how you feel? That's how you feel podcast is all about life moments and ways in which you can help heal yourself. This podcast is through one person's journey where they hope you can find inspiration and healing through the breathwork techniques, guided meditations, and vulnerable weekly check-ins. Hopefully hearing how one person is healing can open up the conversation of what it means to be conscious and how we heal ourselves, we can thus help humanity. Mental health and overall well-being should be accessible and an open conversation so we can heal in healthier ways and be part of the solution and not part of the problem. In the words of Bruce Lee, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. That's how you feel. Today's episode, we will be discussing shamanism and its many practices the use of plant medicine, and how these all tie into the overall healing journey that many are seeking. Today's episode will be a discussion topic with our very first interview with a very special guest. Before we introduce our guest, I want to make some clear distinctions and give some brief notes, and then we will return to these questions later with our guest. When embarking on healing and discovering the plethora of tools out there, it is extremely important to understand the implications of separatism unity, and the hot topic of cultural appropriation. When learning things that are not within our current community, ancestral lineage, and overall identity, we need to remember that we do not own anything, nor do we have any rights to things. We are living in a modern day society where we are learning things that have been passed down through generations and may come from vessels that do not always resemble what history has shown us, which is okay, but as with any trending topic, there are people who miss the beat on respecting things that were never theirs to begin with. As practitioners of any type of medicine, we need to remember that these people are forever students and they respect the teachings to not exploit the information that has been gifted to them by source and to use it fairly and respectfully. Please do your homework on the materials that you get into and understand that you may need to learn how to use your own discernment on who and where you are getting your information from. Shamanism refers to a spiritual practice where the shaman is able to go through altered states of consciousness to connect to the spirit world, to receive and deliver messages in the present world and use this esoteric knowledge to help heal people. Shamans can use various tools and vessels to help channel this energy and go into different types of trances to obtain various states of consciousness. We will discuss with our guest more about these states and the use of plant medicine in these ancient practices, as well as how we can use them in the modern world to help us heal from trauma, addictions, and physical illness. Apologies in advance if the sound is a little bit echoed in here. I tried to do a dual mic setup for this interview. Unfortunately, it just didn't pan out in time. So I just want to say, Pi, thank you so much for joining us today. I had the pleasure of meeting you through a mutual friend of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, I was looking for some extra help on grounding my own energy to get through a tough cycle of picking up collective energy and learning about source boundaries and other helpful tips that you were able to bring to my awareness. So thank you, Pi, for joining us today. Thanks, Kate. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. 
when I first started my healing journey and what my first impression was on how I was going to go about it, I started off with the standard Western medicine route to help with issues of depression, like a therapist, but I found very quickly that I gravitated more towards holistic practices and found them to be more beneficial and less scary than becoming addicted or a zombie to prescription antidepressants. I have tried recreational psychedelics with many different experiences and understood that they can both be used, used and abused, but used with intention to heighten and expand upon what is not easily seen. Yet, other than reading the book, The Teachings of Don Juan, and hearing about Ibogaine to help with drug addictions from personal friends or hearing about people's experiences doing ayahuasca ceremonies, I had almost no other context on shamanism and plant medicine as a whole until I started my whole healing journey. So Pai, thank you so much for joining us. I just wanted to see if you could please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about the background you have with shamanic practices and plant medicine as a whole. Hey, okay. Yeah, so um, I am in the apprentice stage of a shamanic apprentice, apprenticeship and psychedelic integration. Um, so I got into this about a year ago, and even though I've been... Apologies, background noise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been around spiritual groups of people my whole life. My dad is a, um, a neurotheologian, so he studies the brain's role in religious and mystic experiences. My mom has a... Um, a very long-standing shop in San Francisco selling spiritual things. Um, but I only really got into my spiritual journey after rehab, you know, doing the steps and um, really starting to build a relationship with my higher power. Um, so I was a heroin addict, and I'm talking like, you know, worst of the worst, doing as much as you can possibly imagine and not feeling anything. And, um, you know, having that God-sized hole like a hungry ghost situation, just taking as much drugs as I could to fill it and never working out. Um, so after rehab during COVID, I had like the most intense relapse of my life and I started, you know, doing fentanyl. And then I remember having this moment where I was like, oh my God, this isn't working anymore. And that was like the scariest moment of my life. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So um, I have somebody very close to me that used to work at an Ibogaine clinic and when I told him yeah I just you know had a really crazy relapse I'm in it um you know getting high every day and dope sick he was like well you want to do Ibogaine I can help hook that up so I went to um a guy who helped do the Ibogaine ceremony I would call him um like a wannabe fashion show shaman <laughs> sorry if you're listening to this dude but um whatever um and yeah so I did I began it's like um it comes from the root bark of a tree a shrub um in western Africa um in Gabon it's been used for thousands of years to help people um it's done as a rite of passage situation where everybody in the Bwiti tradition in Gabon does it to grow psycho-spiritually um in, I believe, the 60s, there was a guy in New York, and he, um, somebody gave him some Ibogaine and was like, here, try this. It's a 36-hour trip. Try it. And um, he did it, and he was a heroin addict. And after the 36 hours, he realized, oh, my God, I'm not sick, and I don't need heroin anymore. And so you're saying is that Iboga 
plant. That's the, the yeah. correct term for the the scientific name of the plant, iboga, yeah, correct? Yeah, iboga tabernacle. So then um, you're saying is that a byproduct of this more hallucinogenic kind of experience was a, a release of yeah. the addiction to, to heroin. Exactly. So That's there's crazy. iboga and then there's ibogaine, and that is a um, one compound, you know, synthesized to make it really start, uh, strong. And yeah, besides doing a host of other things, it also can detox somebody from heroin with little to no withdrawals after. So that's a miraculous thing. I mean, you know, miraculous. Um, And, you know, it's a 30-something hour thing and you have a calm response situation with your subconscious. So you're in a waking dream state. You get to sort through things that aren't typically accessible in normal conscious life. Mm -hmm. It's intense scary you could die um but it was one of the biggest gifts I've ever had you know and then after that um um, I ended up doing the bufo the bufo medicine um and that comes from the Sonoran desert toad um from the secretions from the gland it's harvested by people squeezing it onto a glass plate drying it overnight and then the next day you can scrape it off and it can be smoked and that one is probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I remember feeling this feeling of unconditional love for everything in the world. I stopped existing. I just became a consciousness and got to feel like a like a universal collective consciousness, whether you call that like Krishna consciousness or going to places of non-duality. Um, that's what happened. And you can get to these places through like, you know, other other you know spiritual healing modalities but that was the way I did it and um in Buddhism they call it samadhi it's like a samadhi state you know you've probably heard that a bunch and that's what I got from it and um you know immediately I had people like saying like you should do this you should do this but I didn't feel ready I had just had this whole experience with this practitioner who was not ready and serving people and um, ended up using all the fentanyl I had and relapsing during my treatment, you know? Wow. And going insane. <laughs> he was, like, in the corner, like, screaming and took his pants off and just... And I, I could have died and you're supposed to pay attention to me. So I just saw people who were not in integrity doing it for ego, um, for a whole bunch of reasons, not just because they want to help people. And that's why I want to do it. Um, and... You know, so after I started working with um, this woman named Renee McKenna, she has a meditation center in San Francisco called Open Door Growth. And she is a shamanic healer and therapist. And we started doing, you know, some other shamanistic work, um, specifically um, journey work, which you and I did together. Mm-hmm. Um, and other, you know, things like um, soul retrieval. And you want, I guess, just to make sure, I'm not sure if anyone would know soul retrieval yeah. as far as um, you were going in with that whole purpose mm-hmm. to to retrieve fragments of your own soul exactly. and find out soul. a little bit more about yourself. So can you yeah. explain a little bit more yeah. about that soul retrieval? I will, um, I'll just do um, like shamanic journey work, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a concept of core shamanism, we can get to that later, but um, where, you know, you're playing a a beat a binaural beat um through a process called auditory driving 
and you play this beat and it sets up a very lightly altered state of consciousness where your synapses go with the beat of the drum and in shamanism there are, there's a thing called you know the upper and lower world so the upper world and the lower world are very similar um in that when you journey to these places in like this lightly altered state of consciousness um the information that you get in these worlds are all for your highest good it's kind of like active imagination like Jungian active imagination where you know the practitioner sets up a light framework for you to reach things in your subconscious that you can use as information later on so there's upper world middle world and the lower world and the middle world is the one we're in right now and that is largely contested space you can't really always trust what happens here. There are both bad spirits and good spirits, but it's when you get to these other places that you can start to access parts of your soul and sometimes your inner child with like soul retrieval. And yeah. And just be able to, you know, I guess obtain different levels of consciousness and mm -hmm. hopefully retrieve tools and mm -hmm. ways to heal yourself, which is kind of like the whole theme of this podcast yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm very amazed by your personal journey your story you, you know to anyone that doesn't know the effects of opioids in America and the mm. world as a whole it is one of the most crippling addictions that anyone could experience where it is no longer just an emotional or mental restraint your body is chemically and physically dependent Absolutely. I know that in the spiritual world we talk about how much that our thoughts can affect anything that we do, which is true, absolutely. But when you are in mm. deep, deep opioid addiction, your body has to depend on this chemical. Otherwise, you could die. You go through dope sickness, like yeah. Pai was talking about. And it is inc incredibly excruciating pain. So be able to have been gifted this medicine right. of iboga that she was able to have not only just a way to withdraw without any real symptoms, but to have a spiritual awakening and tap into her deep subconscious as well as higher level consciousness, which is what I think a lot of people who may instantly hear about shamanism as well as plant medicine as a whole would like to obtain. But as yeah. she mentioned, it's something that's got to be very done uh, very safely and with like a lot of information. So yeah. I don't know if you want to just t tell us a little bit more what what exactly is shamanism to you. Yeah. Um, so shamanism is a practice that is practiced in most of the world, like about ninety three percent. The term shaman comes from both like Mongolian, Russian, um, from that language, and yeah, it's practiced all over the world. A shaman traditionally would be um, kind of an intercessor between, you know, the patient, whatever sickness they have, and the bigger picture, um, the spirit world, getting a lot of information from plants and animals. You know, that's where the um, the power animal situation comes from. That's found specifically through journey work. Um, but they would act as, you know, um, a therapist, um, somebody who would do plant medicine, psychedelic journeys, um, a doctor, um, somebody who could do depossession. They have a very different role depending on the qualities and the characteristics of that particular person. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
And what kind of like misconceptions like about shamanism and like shamanic healing like do you deal with or like just off of that like kind of definition that you've given us you know like that's like a pretty broad spectrum as far as like healing capabilities that they have been you know uh received by by source you know whatever Mm -hmm. entity people want to believe in um is gifted to them from this Mm -hmm. higher source of consciousness and they're able to bring it back down into what Pai has instructed us about uh, referred to as the middle world or a lot of people Mm -hmm. may say the 3d realm so so how do we kind of into you know decipher through that like I guess you could say as far as like a shaman maybe that's focused more on uh like helping like we were talking about like soul retrieval aspects or just like the misconception about going to one versus another shaman right well yeah shamanism um is practiced all over the world like I said um and Yeah, there, there are different practices all over the world. So, you know, you have shamans in Gabon who do psychedelic stuff. Or you have some shamans that do, like, ecstatic dancing or just go into trance states. Um, there are so many different healing modalities. And a lot of people think, like, shamanism just has to do with the psychedelics or medicines. Um, but they can do so many, so many different things. Um, the main kind of study of shamanism that I do is called core shamanism and that was developed by this guy Michael Harner and he you know start he was a, he started out as a non-believer right mm-hmm. and he started practicing with people in I think South America I believe and he did ayahuasca and had this like totally transcendent experience and because he was an anthropologist he started traveling around and finding out like what different shamans did all over the world and so the core shamanism which has you know power, retrieval soul retrieval retrieval um different you know journey work drums specifically um and the use of plant medicine or not um, so so no so the the plant medicine because that really is dependent on like what culture it is so Mm, like the ones in um you know the amazon definitely there's some that do ayahuasca like specifically um so the so really shamanism is really dependent on the culture and the practice. You know, there's the shamans um, of North America, the Native American shamans, you know, who might do peyote or they might do, um, you know, drum stuff or, or, or ecstatic dance for sure. Right. Um, or, you know, what is it called? Um, like vision quests and stuff. And they'll do these like body modifications and like fasting to get these visions from um, you know, the big mystery. Right. So it really, it really, really depends on the shaman and the shamanic practitioner, um, and what they do, but it's a very broad stroke kind of situation. And so if somebody just says like, Oh, I'm a shaman, like that's something you should really ask. Like what kind of shaman, what's your practice? Right. Like what kind of healing have you done? Absolutely. You know, that's a huge one. So I guess that's like the misconception of like what we're saying is that you know, when you hear this umbrella term, there's too, there's way too many variables for you yeah. to just like instantly be like, I trust this person because they say they're a shaman or like if you're trying to activate certain spaces within yourself or just create like, you know, I think what you were saying more core shamanism is yeah. really about activating this higher state of consciousness for you to receive messages from spirit to be able to help you with whatever it is that you're going through, not, not necessarily induced by the use of per se drug like a plant medicine or even like you're saying other like sound binaural beats or Mm -hmm. um you know dancing but it's just being able to activate that we can get into those 
states within just normal meditation, Absolutely. you know, um, but with help and guidance from uh, specific shamans helps you activate these spaces a lot easier. And so that's like where, uh, you know, Pai's training and history is like really describing about these you know, wide spectrum of shamans that are out there and how we have, uh, we need to be very careful about those misconceptions of who you're going to whom for what or what regions specialize in certain things. They're not going to just only give you a psychedelic trip per se, you know, like you need to be vetted, right? In order to properly be able to like experience these, these blessings and gifts. So I guess I more to like whoever might be listening to this episode, do you want to like describe a little bit more about like the healing modalities and the modern day uses of what maybe someone would inquire a shaman for? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things I want to say just really quickly is that, um, you know, there is a, a, like a really big practice and a deep tradition of shamans that have been trained since birth or have, you know, an ancestral line of shamans. Um, and so to get shamanic healing, you don't have to go to a shaman shaman, you know, it doesn't have to be this like thing. You can do a lot of these things with somebody, you know, like me, who's, you know, in the apprenticeship stage, I would never call myself a shaman shaman just because, you know, out of respect for this tradition, that's thousands of years old, but to be a shamanic practitioner is enough to go to somebody for. And some of the things that you can go for, um, you know, it's energy work. It's energy work. You know, sometimes we have these physical manifestations of sickness that are from what, you know, they call um, the luminous body. So that's our energy body, all these things that are going on that, you know, aren't easy to read, you know, just by a doctor or whatever. Um, You can go to a shaman for many things. Like we we touched on soul retrieval, um, you know, little traumas that happen in our life. Um, They can take away a little bit of our power and our soul. And, you know, there are definitely a lot of things that you can go to a shamanic practitioner or a shaman to help get those back um you can go for psycho-spiritual growth is a really really good one because it's this whole system right we've talked about this Mm -hmm. before it's this holistic system that is us and how we you know act and how things manifest in our lives and um you know from a Jungian standpoint we're like a, a group like we're not just one person we're like a committee of disintegrated you know people that were you know parts of ourselves were um like fractioned off you know because maybe there was a trauma that happened and so we had to split our personality to help protect ourselves which is a beautiful thing but it takes individuation and integration to bring it back into you know how we want to be you know I've had experiences where I'm like I'm gonna do this and this and this and then when it comes down to it I just can't you know like I think that's a very common thing um and, you know, other things that you can go for, you know, ayahuasca for sure, um, iboga, um, cleansing, and just building a relationship with spirit and for the outside, bigger picture. Um, yeah, that's super important just, like, in in life, you know. It's not that you have to do things as, like, you know, uh, damage control, you know, this can also be an ongoing lifestyle or preventative maintenance. You know, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we've in today's society, especially like our, like pies and I's generation, we've all experienced like pretty catastrophic traumas, but we've also been gifted all of the resources that were not around previously due to the benefits of the internet, like this podcast platform to be able to reach anywhere in the world is 
you know, instrumental in how we're going to be able to help us heal and grow. And so that's something that I think both Pi and I really wanted to make sure for this episode was being able to give people proper resources to how they can, you know, not just retrieve the fragmented parts of their soul that had been, you know, affected maybe by, you know, drug addictions or uh, traumatic events, post-traumatic stress disorder Mm -hmm. stuff, but being able to create a lifestyle that you were able to carry on where you can be an effective member of change and effective member to humanity Mm -hmm. as well as just live a happier lifestyle and then also being able to equip yourself to be able to handle traumatic events that happen in the future so i don't know if you want to explain like a little bit more about just kind of um i guess in this sense of like really what the bigger picture is with how shamanism can kind of help with those areas yeah yeah so one of the things um you know, it was one of the things you and I did together. We did um, journey work to the lower world and helped find your power animal. So, you know, there is infinite knowledge and wisdom in all the plants and, and animals around us. They um, represent so much, and we can really tap into that. Um, you know, I could, you know, look at water, for example. Like, what can water teach me about my life? Water, you know, it... it move it goes with the flow it can be in mm-hmm. a storm and it can be in calm waters but it remains unchanged water nourishes everything it touches um water is inherently humble it goes downstream you know if you raise water up the water flushes away um there's so much information and knowledge in just the things around us and that is definitely one of the very core things that a shaman does um one of the things you can do is find your power animal. And so it's pretty important in shamanism to do it in a very specific way, one. Um, but to go in and when this power animal is revealed to you through this slightly altered state of consciousness, a theta state, it's pretty important to go and look at what your symbolism is for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for example, um, a horse. A horse could be a power animal that you find right and so I would say for the horse you know it's um sure-footed it is powerful it's kind but has boundaries um the horse is the spread spreader of civilization we use horses to spread Uh you know civilization and so for me if those were the things I came up with it is a fact that those are aspects of me that I can tap into um and and what would be like the benefit of like, you know, people finding their power animal or, um, or even like, I guess, you know, a lot of people talk about like spirit animals, that yeah, they yeah, see same these, these mm-hmm. animals that come to them in times of need or crises mm-hmm. or something. And like, what you're saying is that those are, uh, the qualities that you're, you're naming off of this horse could be mm-hmm. the inherent qualities that that person possesses yeah. or may think that they lack but in fact yeah. do have so right well that's the thing is you don't have to be a believer in shamanic things or you don't have to you don't have to believe in you know god or whatever name you want to put on it to get the benefit of these this is one of the very core practices of shamanism and you can bring that power animal back with you into the middle world the 3d realm and there's some really powerful energetic tools that i found you know, I think this is something we talked about before is like, if I'm, you know, in a, in a circumstance where there's somebody who is being too much, I can like drop in my body and like 
sense and wait for the power animal to show up in my imagination or whatever you want to call it and put this power animal in between me and that person and it is miraculous it works you know like a protector in a lot of ways yeah okay i mean there's it depends on the power animal it depends Mm -hmm. on the person but there are you know a myriad of ways that you can use this bigger picture thing or your power animal or whatever to help guide you know this middle world maze <laughs> hecticness that we're in just the, the, the dilemmas of modern day life yeah so there's cool. enough of those and Pi and i we worked together so um i was able to enlist her services and she was able to help me do um some journeying work like we, she's been talking about and we did uh do a power animal uh journeying so i did see a power animal and she was able to do some other things which we'll talk about a little bit later mm-hmm. uh but i guess this kind of brings me into this next question mm. of cultural appropriation mm. the elephant in the room yeah what can you talk to us about about like the concerns that you deal with being a non-lineaged mm-hmm. uh you know shaman practitioner in the sense and how you're doing the best that you can to provide these services but also want to like represent it in the best way forward yeah. oh i love that you asked that question thank you because it is something that i um see people having an issue with and grappling with um i know of many a shamanic healer you know and a lot of them um aren't white but a lot of them are white you know and one of the main things is I think it's really important to remember that, um, you know, core shamanism at the very most basic level, that is practiced it, all around the world, like 93%, I believe. And it's all those things are universal or near universal practices that everybody has. Um, and, you know, there are people that I know who serve like ayahuasca who are white. And, you know, the thing is, is, when you really go to these places that have been practicing it for a long time, they want everybody to have these tools. They like every, you know, shaman that I've ever heard of or spoken to, they really know that these are powerful tools for healing. And it's important that everybody has it because collectively we're going through the craziest, you know, thing in living memory, (laughs) right? And so having these tools um, helps everybody and that's what they want especially with when like the survival of like certain indigenous tribes definitely the native americans is intrinsic with the healing of you know the collective consciousness of you know america in particular but you know um capitalism and yeah all those things so it's really about sharing the knowledge and i think you know there are definitely times where cultural appropriation is absolutely a valid thing and people are using things out of a disrespect for the culture or making a joke out of things that are really important to a lot of people but I think the um the cultural appropriation when it comes to shamanism is kind of like like the the powers that be kind of ran with that one so that we could cut ourselves off from a lot of this information right um and um as far as like I guess you could say to um you know like as as I'm like getting deeper in my journey and as mm-hmm. you're you're developing your craft even further, you know, it's like we have like these moments of almost like imposter syndrome because Absolutely. we're so obscured or distanced from like what it once was. But I think that's something that's really amazing. And with the rise of the internet and accessibility to all these things, we are looking at things in a different spectrum than what we ever have before. That mm-hmm. things are not going to look exactly the way they once did. Where I'm not gonna have this 
um, archetype image of a shaman be only a woman in the jungles of Amazon wearing right. no clothes, <laughs> performing some strange, you know, dance, you know, chant and like, you know, giving yeah. me some weird plant medicine, you know, like it's, it's going to be in modern day terms where it's like, mm-hmm. yes, it might be a white woman named Becky who has <laughs> extensive uh, training from, you know, somebody else who has passed it down mm-hmm. through their lineage. But that's like the beauty is that we're able to um, get tap into source energy. You know, the Akashic records, like which I've mentioned on like this podcast several times is this expansive database of every possible data ever existence to us that we're able to utilize for our highest good now. But with cultural appropriation, which people are so concerned about Mm -hmm. is overcapitalizing on these ancient practices or exploiting them or not paying homage to these Mm -hmm. practitioners that do it for the love of what they're doing it for and doing that in a modern day where everyone feels they need to like profit and that there's nothing wrong with making money but in the way in which you're going about it has to be done like in a very careful way so I guess I don't know how you personally feel about that aspect as far as like just you know that whole gray area yeah yeah no I mean I love that like it's you know there are places um in like you know Costa Rica or uh you know in the Amazon where you go and you get off your little train and there's people just selling ayahuasca bottles you know Mm -hmm. that's just here take it you know do this little diet and that's it and it's you know there there's definitely people who are in this just for the money and also you know for the clout um and I really believe that it's the people who have gotten this healing themselves, realize how transformative it was, and wanted to share that with other people because of, like, love, you know? Um, and that's where I'm at with it, is that um, I just want everybody to have this. And it's, for me, it's, you know, I do, like, sliding scale. Um, if Whatever you can afford, you know? Because I really do want the people to do this. You know, I would do it for free, to be honest, but I want people to put, like show me that they value their healing kind of thing. Um, also, and you're worth it, you know, and I've said this in this podcast so many times, it's like, don't devalue your own self-worth. If mm-hmm. you are putting in your personal time and energy into any practice, yeah. whether you feel like what we're describing is this kind of imposter cultural appropriation aspect, mm-hmm. it's, if you're doing it with those beautiful intentions of that you want to help heal people and yeah. doing it in a kind, respectful way, but you're exerting your time and your personal energy mm-hmm. for it, you should, in a lot of ways, be able to afford, you know, the, your supplies bare minimum to sure, do the, yeah. to, to do this work or to be rewarded if somebody wants to pay you for your services. You know, mm-hmm. you should be able to receive that without any guilt or shame as long as you're doing it like what we're talking about in like a respectful way. So yeah. I think that's admirable of you wanting to give it all for free Man. in a perfect harmony, you know, world, you know, what we're trying to build here. Great. But, you know, yeah. that ain't going to pay the rent. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, also about um, it's, you know, I've just been kind of like kind of in a, you know, informal like apprenticeship learning the process and getting the healing myself for like, um, you know, like a year and a half now. Um, but it's a lifetime of suffering and like dark night of the soul stuff. Um, you know, there's something, you know, in the Amazon, there are, um, shamans who there's all these rumors about them, like, you know, uh, with like the dark arts and like them having like friend, like friendships with these terrible spirits. And there's a level of that, which is sort of true in the sense that, 
you know, if somebody needs a depossession of a really, you know, big and powerful spirit that's taking over their lives, um, that if the shaman is able to pull that out of them, they might have a correspondence with this. Yeah. With this, I mean, you, you know, how could you know something unless you've experienced it? Exactly, right? exactly, exactly. So, you know, there, I don't do depossession, but I do understand, like, you know, deep, utter, you know, incomprehensible demoralization. Um, you know, from the shamanic perspective, just going back to the addiction thing really quickly, um, from the shamanic perspective, which I tend to agree with, is that, you know, um, addiction manifests as like a spirit or entity that goes in you, feeds on your trauma, your fear, insecurity, you know, all the less desirable emotions, and takes over you with the with the sole purpose of killing you, you mm-hmm. know? And that's something where it's like, okay, I've been through that. And that's part of like the training that isn't just in the last year. That's a, that's a training that's ever since I was 13 and an addict, you know? So it's, you're not just paying for um, whatever services, you know, you're paying for a lifetime of like, you know, crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just like really admirable, like with, you know, a lot of this like t- platform for for this podcast you know is really just like inspiring ourselves to heal ourselves Mm -hmm. no one's going to be able to heal your own traumas other than you yeah but you can have empathy and a connection to other people who have also been able to go to those depths of despair Mm -hmm. you know traumas tragedies and being able to have used their you know healing methods and tools to help you with yours and that's Mm -hmm. like the main thing I think that what Pi is discussing, you know, um, with like the depossession stuff is just being able to, you know, there's dualities in all of this healing, you know, it's like, there's going to be the dark with the light. You cannot have one without the other. So there are those like dangers about like, you know, doing your research on the people that you Mm -hmm. work with of like, have you like experienced this in the sense where, um, you know, like what is your connection to this? I think, you know, like I, I've made it a clear point where it's like, I don't believe in trauma bonding. I think that's really toxic and enabling you of your bad traits. Yep. But what I do think is important is that you feel a connection to the people that you work with, that there's some like-mindedness that they have done the work themselves Absolutely. to be able to administer this helpful tool to you. So I guess yeah. more along the lines of, um, you know, like the shaman, um, offerings and what you were working with can you describe a little bit more about like specific plant medicines and like how that helps us uh with our healing and you know we've been talking about like addiction and we went over a little bit about ibogaine and iboga Mm -hmm. but is there other um plant medicines that you use or um or know about that that might help people Mm -hmm. out there that have issues yeah yeah totally um really quickly you know for me um there i mean there are people who are so 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 like shamanic you know practitioners of some kind that are so well versed in like the medicines um you know for me what i do is right now my main study is there is you know core shamanism and shamanic practices that don't have to do with psychedelics and then i'll do psychedelic integration Mm -hmm. um but you know it's because we're in america where these things are unfortunately very illegal some of them are at least and so it's really um you know, finding, there's a couple places that I can go work for that are in places where it's legal. And so that's where I'll go and really do, you know, work with these medicines and see and just sit around and be in that space. Right. Um, but for, um, you know, some of these things that, you know, I have done. Um, so 
you know, there's combo, and that is um, a, it's been practiced for, you know, thousands of years, I, I assume, um, and it's a frog, so it's different than the toad, because that's, <laughs> that's Bufo the toad, and then we got the frog combo, and that one is a, um, you know, it's from deep in the Amazon, it's, you know, also the secretions, or, or the venom or something like that from this frog, and so you can see on my shoulder, I have these burn marks, and so yeah. the practitioner will burn holes in your skin, um, and apply um, the reconstituted venom from this frog onto the skin, and you drink like a gallon of water, which is like intense as hell, and you start to throw up. So it cleanses your lymphatic system, which um, doesn't cleanse on its own, so you need to do things to help cleanse, and it'll turn all this, like this gallon of water that you um, just drank into bile, and you throw it up, and you purge, and it's not, so it helps with a lot of, um, a lot of like physical ailments, like I've heard it's pretty good for autoimmune um, things, um, it's, I've heard of like, you know, miracle stories of people with fibroids or like, you know, um, you know, tumors or whatever doing this, mm-hmm. you know, when all else failed and them healing. So it's a, it's a magical thing. Um, in the Amazon, you know, they also use it for hunting, like, cause it cleans you out so much that, you know, if you go before on a hunt, it cleans you out so much you don't smell like a human. So like the animals can't ah, even smell you coming, you know? That's, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah. And like other things where it's like if you're having just like, you know, real like depression or it's also with that luminous body, that energy. Right. Body, it helps with things like that. So is that kind of like why your reasoning, like you, you trying it is really just like cleansing just like your physical body, which helps mm-hmm. you activate your higher yeah resource absolutely and you know i've done it for um it's also very good for um addiction as well like after you know Mm -hmm. being um like dope sick or whatever like that last little bit of like feeling shitty and sweaty and sneezing that cured it like that and Mm -hmm. there's also um i think there's like peptides i think you know that are very very similar to like the natural you know the the body's natural opiates so if you can make you feel really good i like to i like this analogy of like it's like if you've been driving around with a dirty windshield and you just got it squeegeed. You know, it's not psychoactive. It's actually makes you feel really shitty in the moment. Like, you know, you swell and all these crazy things. But after, you know, feeling like you just stepped out with a cool breeze and you're like, ah, yeah. it's really nice. And that's something I'm actually in the, that's legal in, in America. So if you guys want to go look that up, you know, you can look up Combo, K-A-M-B-O, practitioners in your area. And, um... That's one that I feel safe practicing in, in in America, you know, but I'm still in the very apprenticeship stage. I've gotten it more times than I can count, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really, really good one. Um, you know, there are so many kinds of plant medicines. Like, we'll go into, like, Bufo and Iboga in a sec, but there are so many kinds of, like, you know, plant medicines that could help where it's, like, that would be its own podcast, you know? We talked about yeah. that. But, like, you know, there are shamans who, um, you know, do, like, mapacho. So they, their whole energetic, like, magic, you know, so to speak, is just through tobacco. They're like, when they train, they go into, um, like, a hut completely isolated and sit and drink. You know, they only eat fish and water. Um, and they just sit and drink tobacco water for, like, months and just smoke the pipe and for months. And these guys can come help you know, heal your energy body just by blowing tobacco on you. It's really miraculous stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some people who their medicine is like feathers. You know, they do feather work and they can help cleanse that luminous energy body with feathers. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. so there's so many. Um, But the three that I'm really the most um, 
familiar with and that have I have like a working relationship with is the combo iboga and the bufo. Um, should and I get into the? Huh. I, I guess we did briefly talk about yeah. iboga and bufo, and all of these more cor- correspond to like what you're saying, like yeah. you know helps helps with like addiction, yeah. cleansing you even further to like be able to activate like your higher consciousness yeah. and just being able to you know, con- connect deeply with, with spirit and be mm-hmm. able to hopefully, you know, like what we're talking about on this podcast is just unity as a whole with right. like, conscious collectiveness uh, of life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think now uh, more than ever, it's it's getting to this point where, you know, you want to offer these tools and services, but there's also a danger yeah. in that. And I think like if you want to just go over a little bit about what um information you think people should have using these tools as well as how to find out more about them yeah no that's a really really good thing because you know um like you said you know these a lot of these you are risking your life you are risking you know a lot of things when you go into not the combo that's that's fine for anybody bufo you know there's a couple like um contraindicators for certain groups of people which means the reason why not to give it but um with iboga in particular you know you it slows your heart rate down you have to go to the doctor and get you know um, a heart your heart checked and go I think your liver liver checked because it's really that big of a deal um Mm -hmm. people die um but you know it's really really good to have a good practitioner and I can tell you that I didn't do my research that I just jumped on the person who could help me the soonest and look what happened I mean it was a it was a shit show um, so I know why, you know, really looking for a good person is important. Um, you know, it's really important working with somebody. Yeah. Like, have you gotten this help? Um, how many times have you done it? How many people have you helped? Why do you do this? Um, what offerings besides this do you do? Do you offer, um, any kind of integration work? You know, for, um, Bufo, the toad medicine, you could have people having reactivations of really traumatic experiences, mm. you know, of like maybe rape or, you know, what have you. You can have people who have bad experiences happening. That's about 10% of the people from my understanding that can have really traumatic experiences. Some people get this, you know, universal consciousness love situation, but other people can go to a literal hell world where, you know, time stops when you're in this time, when you're in this non-dual or whatever world you go to time stops and so it can feel like you're in that in that place for like a hundred years or, or whatever right so I've heard of people who um you know went to this hell world where it's like you know you're feeling like the most potent shame guilt um fear fe- feeling that you're not going to come back from this you know and so for a bufo practitioner they have to be aware of that and be able to help you make sense of it mm-hmm. integrate it um and if it leaves you in a traumatic state they got to help you move through it you know, so it's really not just going to any old person and God, don't do it in your own home by yourself. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty almost, you know, it's very, very hard to get your hands on this stuff if you're just like a, like a novice, but geez, please, because, you know, people, you can choke, you completely dissociate. And so, um, you know, you can throw up, you can like shake, you know, really the, the, the Bufo practitioner is there to keep you safe. And mm-hmm. a couple other things, a lot of people want to do like this, like, neo-shamanic like you know lottie dottie situation with the bufo ceremony but it's so important to me to create the most neutral container possible because you don't want to influence what happens there right because you could cut them off from what the medicine has to tell them you know 
And you can have people, you know, like right after you come out of this, you're in such an impressionable state because it really is a situation where you're reborn. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you, you have a, like this, you have a real, real ego death. It's a real entheogen where you do go to this God place if you're lucky, you know, most people. Um, but you're so impressionable afterwards. If somebody just stares you in the eyes, like you could imprint, they could imprint on you and they could, you know, one, you know, assume that the medicine, what the medicine gave you came from this person, you know, and it's so important to be like, no, I'm just an intercessor. Mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, lucky enough to be of service to you during this, but it's, it's really important to find somebody who's not doing it for ego because whose spiritual growth is that good for, right? I mean, one yeah. person thinks you're a guru and the other person feels like a guru and it's like, you're just a fucking person. It's like the whole point of like, you know, all this <laughs> healing stuff is we're trying to like have major ego deaths, you know? We're trying to Seriously. to get to our real self. So that's like right. just something, yeah, you know, um, on this podcast, we always want to really advocate clearly on safety, yeah. doing your homework, getting, you know, the proper resources and information. Yeah. So definitely we'll give you Pi's information, yeah. uh, you know, if you have more questions. But as far as just like um, with plant medicine, I think, you know, like what she's saying is that, you know, you, you, you can have like these experiences per se, but if you're not coming into it already with pure intentions, mm-hmm. this may not even be something for you. Yes. We just like to get, you know, keep, give you guys new perspectives, as I always say, mm-hmm. to open yourself up to all possibilities. Cause there's, if you've tried all, everything already and you know, to my friends out there, I know we go through a lot of like physical uh, addictions to mm-hmm. substance abuse issues. These are possible tools that could be beneficial to you if mm-hmm. done in the right way mm-hmm. with the right people in a controlled, safe environment. So uh, we definitely yeah. wanted to give that to this platform of, of accessing, you know, some, some more knowledge and yeah. just different tools. So I guess if anything, um, you Can know, I like, one thing oh yeah, quick? I just want to thank you so much for saying that because, um, you know, I would have forgotten, but <laughs> These are not for everybody. I just want to say they're not for any everybody. Anything that you get from these medicines, like, you know, whether it's like Ivoga, um, ayahuasca, whatever, these, these, these in, and then, and, and the Bufo, these can be accessed in, accessed in different ways. You know, um, ayahuasca, for example, if you can get all that information through depth hypnosis and journey work. I like to say that, you know, I've heard other people say that, you know, what you get in, journey work and depth hypnosis is a slow-mo version of the high-speed situation that is ayahuasca does that make sense absolutely you know and then with bufo um you know samadhi like deep deep meditation sound medicine um you can get that too and i i you know my teacher um she has a really good analogy i'm not sure if she came up with it or not but it's you know a lot of these spiritual practices they're all you know it's a mountaintop so the whatever is at the top of the mountain, these non-dual states of like unity, love, whatever, these can be accessed through other ways. So you can get up a mountain, you know, through um, a tram, through like, you know, with like an ATV, um, you can mountain bike, you can walk, um, but they all lead to the same destination. It's just the experience that you have on the way up is going to be different. So I just want to like, thank you so much for saying that because they really are not for everybody. Um, It's, you know, it's not this free pass. Like, you are going to have to pay for your thing up the mountaintop in one way or another. Um, it's really, really, really not for any everybody. And there, yeah, there are risks, you know. And maybe, like, if you're, like, a schizophrenic, for example, that could just, you know, exacerbate that. So it's really, really important to, like, 
like you said, it, you know, use your discernment. Um, and hopefully, you know, you find a provider that is willing to say no to some people because that means that they're, you know, prioritizing your safety and you can get to these places without it. So thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it still ties back into like the cultural appropriation. If you're just doing this for like an experience, you're already going into it probably with like not a pure intention. Mm-hmm. That, you know, obviously if it's a good shaman that's practicing, um, these ceremonies for you will be able to like what Pi is saying know that you're full of bullshit you know yeah, like yeah. and don't feel like you know uh guilty or shameful or whatever when someone straight up tells you no you're not ready for it believe that person believe, it, yeah. believe them that means they are true to their craft that they know what they're doing yeah so uh, yeah I guess I just kind of want to wrap this all up yeah. and just being like you know, it's like we did some some work together and, um, you know, like what Pi has said, you know, we did some journeying work, which was really cool. We did some soul retrieval work. Um, I was able to connect with a power animal. And then we also used um, Hoppe. Mm-hmm. And if, I don't know if you want to just explain a little yeah. bit more about that and kind of just like our experience together. Yeah. That would be cool. Oh, yeah. Sure. No, it was really, really awesome. Um, you know, Kate wanted some grounding work. Um, and, you know, in kind of discovering that this was like what I was supposed to do I was getting these downloads microdosing and you know being in this like you know higher consciousness state all the time I was like oh my god like amazing beautiful but I need to be here on earth and so it was a bunch of work that I had just like done with just spending like my back end work grounding like you know when you work with people you have to be so grounded you have to be Mm -hmm. so present you know um, so that was what she needed. So we, um, you know, did a little bit of like lower world journey work and then did, um, a grounding meditation where we went through the chakras and pulling, you know, that, that power from the lower world through our feet. You know, I learned that from my, um, therapist, mentor, teacher, whatever. And then we did some hape and, um, hape is a, um, a snuff. So it can be, you know, like tobacco is a common one. There's other different things like changa. Oh no, 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 no. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but sorry 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 that one smoked um uh, but so there's like a huge variety of different ones like yobo for example yobo um gives you this like universal consciousness kind of situation not like the toad but like very like connected right um there are some that have different like animal spirits in it um we did oh, i always forget the name it's like forget the name of that one always um but that one is like you know a lot of them have this like grounding aspect to it but that one had a very good grounding aspect um there was another one we had did that like brought in the 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 spirit of the jaguar which was really cool right Um, so we did two that she like so snuffing she ends up blowing this um like grounded uh um, that one was like, like mixture up, yeah. up each of your nostrils. Yeah. So we, we get into this like trance state, like we did a little bit of journey work prior and mm-hmm. then she wanted me to go into even deeper work and that's mm-hmm. where she, we were able to use this plant medicine of the hape like ceremony and she was able to administer uh, snuff um, in each of my nostrils to help me even go deeper yeah. in my grounding work. Yeah, and into the body. We we actually kind of did it a little different. That I actually haven't, so I use it myself for grounding um, and I haven't done like a traditional hape ceremony, but, um, I only know it cause I do it all the time just because, you know, grounding is a really important thing. Um, but we did it a little differently, you know, also playing music cause music is the, you know, as much as these medicines are so strong, 
the music is what like drives the the, the progression. Catalyst, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe like maybe maybe this is the, maybe the medicine's a catalyst, but this is like the driver of the whole experience. So we played music, and it just seemed um, pretty appropriate at the time to continue doing the journey work. So I was just like, oh, we'll just do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it that's what just kind of felt right and what you know what felt right um, yeah and you have to have like a connection with um your practitioner and your client and luckily you yeah. know Kai and I were able to discuss before our meeting during mm-hmm. our meeting and able to just kind of take on what what needed to happen yeah. which was me just you know it was a really great experience for me just reconfirming when I am in my body mm-hmm. versus when I'm not and, you know, she's saying, you know, the importance of grounding when you start getting into, you know, your healing journey, even after um, you heal, quote unquote, from a lot of traumatic stuff, mm-hmm. you have this now open conduit uh, yes. connection with source and it can get overwhelming at times. And I know the podcast, I was like, I'm an empath. And so I receive a ton of energy from yeah all my surroundings so Mm -hmm. it's highly important for me to ground my own energy Mm -hmm. that I am not being inundated by everybody else's (laughs) bullshit yeah and to be able to stay you know within my own powers and my own energy and I just you know I really want to thank you for your services you know with anybody you know healers need healing you know we cannot do what we're doing without doing the work ourselves and that's something that Mm -hmm. pi has been really hitting home on this this podcast episode today is that do the research of finding the people that do the work you know we if we all do the work together we're gonna be in a lot better place (laughs) in life i think so you know i just want to like leave it with you just to like some closing remarks about again just like drilling in like safety responsibility resources if you want to give anybody some stuff and just uh, closing on this beautiful sacred journey yeah. of plant medicine and shamanism. Thank you. No, thanks so much for having me. I, um, you know, it's this is what's worked for me, and I've been so blessed. Um, you know, seeing the transformation within myself from not just doing these medicines, but from <laughs> first people, floor yeah. apartment. You know, it's okay. <laughs> just the ambiance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Um, but yeah, seeing the transformation that comes from other um, shamanic tools, and I'm just I've been so so blessed. You know, there's been times where I, like, literally felt like God abandoned me and felt hopeless and felt alone, you know, and it's just through, like, the grace of God that, like, now I have, like, a real connection and, like, you know, real working relationship with um, spirituality and feeling really held by the universe, and that's a gift that, you know, these, you know, all these different um, healing modalities have given me and how um, sacred they are and how, you know, if... Like, you know, I used to be a crazy addict, right? The only thing, the only high that I will ever chase now is seeing, you know, people who are completely demoralized, like their eyes are dead, they're just, you know, total apathy to life, and seeing them come back on and turn on and be alive and, you know, happy to be here and in love, like that's, you know, the most beautiful thing and just I've won, you know, real quick thing, I heard a definition of love, um, like maybe a year ago that I really love. It's the only one that I really like um, identify with, and it's um, to extend oneself for the spiritual betterment of another person. And that changed my life because I'm like, oh, well, that's what I'm here for, you know? And and I, I dedicate my life to it, and I, in that sense, I love everybody. Like, maybe I don't like them. <laughs> Sometimes I really don't, but that's what I'm here for. And just helping everybody bring that back, um, you know, that's 
just such a beautiful thing. I know that everybody knows somebody who's dealing with addiction or, you know, demoralization or depression and just, you know, letting people know that no matter how bad it gets, you can come back online. And that's why I love your podcast because it's about healing, you know, and no matter what, no matter how like healed you feel, like there's always more every, you know, every ceiling is a floor as I like to say. And, um, you know, these, there are aspects of shamanism that can help everybody. Um, so yeah, if you're listening to this, I just want to say thank you because that means that you do value your healing and that's like such a fucking quantum leap. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys, if you need more resources, you can hit me up on Instagram. That's how you feel podcast. Yeah. The U is just the letter U. And then bye. I don't know if you want to leave your information for people. Do we do the stuff like in the, in the show notes? Like, yeah, I'll leave it. I'll type it up in there too. Yeah. 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 Cause I have a lot. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put more all the resources in, in the little caption there. But if anyone just wants to send us a direct message to Instagram, that's how you feel podcast. The U is just the letter U. Thank you as always. So keep shifting your perspective and finding the delights in everyday moments. Love yeah. and light. Kate and Pie. Woo! <laughs>